0: Hey, it's Alan, and I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to the ongoing history of new music early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Most people have just one job, but for a significant number of folks, that's just not how they roll. Sometimes you need to take a second or even a third job just to earn enough money to make ends meet. If you're a student, this might be a fact of life. Same thing if you're a newly arrived immigrant or a single parent. Or a person who, for whatever reason, is stuck in that minimum wage bracket. Or maybe you're a type A personality who just can't sit still. You have this insatiable need to keep working. Instead of sitting at home watching TV, you're out, uh, I don't know, being entrepreneurial. Or maybe you just have too much damn money. And that second or that third job is a hobby. It's a diversion from what you normally do. People with multiple jobs and multiple places of employment or multiple vocations or multiple business investments can be found just about everywhere you look, including in the world of music. Rock stars who moonlight? These people need to make money on the side? Well, need might be the wrong word for some of them, but the number of famous people who have something non-musical going on may surprise you. This is the ongoing history of new music podcast with Alan Cross. The offspring from 1998 with Why Don't You Get a Job? Dexter Holland, the singer, has a bunch of them. While his main gig is fronting the band, he has enough money to indulge in a few other occupations. Have you ever heard of Gringo Bandito? This is a brand of hot sauce. Dexter owns the company. It's made in Newport Beach, California. The factory is churning out about 120 gallons a week and has started being picked up by some grocery store chains. A bunch of restaurants in Orange County will also bring it to your table if you ask. If you want to order some, go to www.gringobandito.com. They'll sell you everything from a 5-ounce bottle to a big gift basket, complete with a hat and a Frisbee. And the logo for the whole enterprise is Dexter. He's dressed like a Mexican bandit, complete with the bandoliers. And there's more. Dexter has been working with some software designed for the Blackberry. Nothing has come of that yet, but he's been in contact with Research in Motion. And I guess I'd better mention the airplanes, huh? Dexter is a certified jet pilot who has flown solo around the world. He owns three planes, including a Cessna corporate jet and a retired Soviet-era fighter plane that he bought from someplace in Estonia. Seriously, he has an old Soviet fighter jet. In fact, he's logged enough hours in jets to be able to fly a 747 if he ever had to. That's true. Obviously, Dexter really loves flying. When the music thing ends, he could always become an airline pilot, just like Bruce Dickinson, the singer for the metal band Iron Maiden. I don't know if you know this or not, but he was taught to fly by a British Airways pilot and he's now a full-fledged pilot for a UK charter airline. Bruce flies their 757s. And on a seven-week 2008 world tour, Bruce flew the plane that took the band and the crew from gig to gig, from continent to continent. Welcome again, I'm Alan Cross, and we're going to talk about moonlighting on this show. The business in which rock stars engage when, well, they're not being rock stars. They have the time, the money, and the interest, so why not? Let's talk about restaurants. A lot of people have sunk money into eating establishments. Moby used to run a tea shop in New York City called Teeny. It's a vegan cafe and online stores that sells 98 different types of loose tea. Moby and his partner, his ex-girlfriend Kelly Tisdale, opened the place in 2002. Neither Moby nor Kelly knew anything about running a restaurant, but Moby had tons of money so he could afford to make mistakes. He hasn't made many, although the whole affair needed a rethink and a redesign in 2007, and Moby is no longer involved with the restaurant. Today, Teeny Iced Tea is being sold all over the world, just like Snapple, and there's even a book which lists tea recipes from Teeny. So, if you're ever in lower Manhattan, and you find yourself in serious need of a cup of Monkey Pick Superior Tea Ling Oolong, I did not make that up. They actually sell monkey-picked Superior Tie Quan Oolong. Drop into Teeny at 90 Rivington or check out www.teenie.com. So this is goodbye. This is goodbye. Moby with porcelain. You'll find the tea house that he used to own at 90 Rivington in Lower Manhattan, which isn't really that far from where CBGB's used to be. Now, CBGB's is long gone, of course. It's been replaced by the flagship store operated by John Vivardo's, the men's fashion designer. I need to connect some dots here. A guy who did modeling for Vivardo's in 2006 was Chris Cornell, ex of Audioslave and Soundgarden. But modeling is a fickle thing, so Chris decided to sink money into a restaurant in Paris called Black Calavados. Now, Chris has always, always, always been into food. Back before the whole music thing happened, he worked cutting up fish for a seafood wholesaler in Seattle. It was his job to gut the fish and throw the nasty bits out. He eventually worked his way up to being a sous chef at a Seattle restaurant called Ray's Boathouse. Chris fell in love with Paris about the same time he fell in love with Vicky Karianis, who was a publicist based in the city. She's the daughter of a New York restaurant executive. Now, this place in Paris he owns is very hip, very expensive. The decor was designed by the same dude that does all the Victoria's secret fashion shows. Chris describes the Black Calavado's menu as New American. Here are some selections directly from the menu. Caramelized quail. Truffled mac and cheese. Peanut butter soul and popcorn foie gras i'm a big fan of foie gras i can't imagine what popcorn foie gras is you can also get a burger but just make sure that there's room on your credit card a burger at black calavados runs about 40 euros All right, let's talk about another restaurant. This one is Italian, and it's in London. It's called Gasconi. It's in the St. John's Wood area, which means it's not too far from the famous Abbey Road recording studios and the real Violet Hill, the short street made famous by the Coldplay song. Gasconi is at one Blenheim Terrace, which actually isn't too far from where Noel Gallagher used to live. It was opened by Andy Fletcher of Depeche Mode with his wife Grania in the middle 1990s. See, uh... Andy had suffered greatly from the excesses of Depeche Mode's touring habits. He actually once missed part of a tour because he just couldn't take it anymore. Actually, his brain and his body couldn't take it. And Gasconi was supposed to be something that could distract him between Depeche Mode projects. And for a while, this was the pilgrimage spot for Depeche Mode fans looking for a picture or an autograph. Martin Gore, Depeche Mode's songwriter and mastermind, liked to drop in for a drink, or six. But while the restaurant is still there, Andy is not. He sold it to spend more time on his own record label, which he calls Toast Hawaii. He also does the occasional DJ gig. Depeche Mode, as far as we know, is still a going concern, but since they've been around for almost 30 years, maybe Andy is thinking about getting back into the business world again. We'll see. Depeche Mode, featuring programmer Andy Fletcher, a former London restaurateur. All right, we're going to move away from food. Rock stars must moonlight in other areas, right? Absolutely. Let's talk about clothing next. Being in a successful rock band can involve long, boring stretches with nothing to do. Sure, things are crazy when you're writing and recording an album and then touring behind that record, but what about all that downtime between projects? Let's say that you're not even the principal songwriter in the band. Someone else has to spend all those months coming up with new material and you sit around waiting for the call. What do you do? Well, if you're drummer, Travis Barker, back in the blink 182 days, you invest some of the money you made with the band in a clothing company. It's called Famous Stars and Straps. He founded the company in 1999 and targeted the skate crowd. It's based in Corona, California and features t-shirts and jackets and hats for guys and shirts and pants and bikinis for women. And then there are all the accessories, especially the style and belt buckles and bandanas. Famous Stars and Straps has done quite well. Of course, it does help if you have a bunch of famous friends who will wear your stuff in public. If you look carefully, you can see Travis's gear on guys like Tim Armstrong of Rancid and Stevo of Some 41, Avenged Sevenfold and Be Real of Cypress Hill. They all wear his, his stuff. And if you've ever been to the Vans Warped Tour, chances are that you have seen people wearing Famous Stars and Straps stuff. Annual revenue from this company is in the millions. And if that wasn't enough, Travis created a skate shoe and a line of hats for a company called DC Shoes. (laughs) And you thought he was just a drummer. Here's Travis from Plus 44 from their 2006 debut album. 44 featuring drummer Travis Barker, the founder of Famous Stars and Straps, a very successful manufacturer of skate clothing. Here's a guy who moonlights as an astronomer and a space geek. Alex James was the bass player with Blur, and along with music he was into space and traveling through space. He's been a member of the British Astronomical Association for years. The first evidence of this was a song called Far Out, which appeared on Blur's Park Life album. Now, to the uninitiated, it sounds like a bunch of nonsense, but it's actually Alex singing a list of stars and moons for about 90 seconds. Here, let me show you. I spy in the night sky. sounds like Latin or something, but it's Alex James running through some of the moons of the solar system and some of the stars in the night sky. A few years after that came out, he got involved in an actual space program. The British part of the European Space Agency's Mars Express mission was called Beagle 2. Alex asked, and he was allowed to consult on the craft's construction. Space player in blur. How cool is that? The Russians launched it from Kazakhstan on June 2nd of 2003. It was supposed to land on Mars around Christmas Day of that year. When it phoned home, it was going to play a song, and that song was written specifically for Beagle 2 by Blur. However, something went very wrong with Beagle 2, and no one ever heard from the probe ever again. It's up there, somewhere, but it's been declared lost. Too bad, too, because had everything worked according to plan, Blur would have been the first band to play on Mars. And here is what it would have sounded like. The signature tune for the Lost Mars probe Beagle 2 written and recorded by Blur under the supervision of bass player Alex James. Now, Alex is still very much into space. During Blur's lengthy and maybe permanent break, Alex spent two years at the University of Bath studying astrophysics. He got his honors degree. Then he was named the artist-in-residence in the astrophysics department at the University of Oxford. And if that's not enough, Alex also spends quite a lot of time making cheese yes I said making cheese he's got this farm in the Cotswolds he makes some very high-end British cheese he writes a column on cheese making for one of the big London papers and he invites people to come out and taste his cheese but that's another story all right let's talk about Marilyn Manson he may not look like it but he is quite the entrepreneur His current project is a particularly potent liquor, called Absinthe. It used to have a really bad rep as an addictive psychoactive drug drunk by weirdos and writers and bohemians in the late 19th and early 20th century. People like Oscar Wilde and Vincent van Gogh regularly got wasted on this stuff. There's a whole ritual surrounding it with the spoon and the sugar cube and the fire and the water. But it is not for rookies. Trust me. Absinthe was almost legislated out of existence for decades because people insisted it was making other people insane. But there was a revival in the 1990s, and today there are lots of absinthe distillers around the world, including a brand called Mansinthe. Mansynth is Marilyn Manson's brand, which is made in Germany, and it is absolutely brilliant. In fact, it won a gold medal at the San Francisco World Spirits Competition in March of 2008. The experts could not believe how good Marilyn Manson's absinthe is. Now, this stuff is expensive, and it's not available in Canada yet, but if you ever see it at a duty-free store and you're interested in seeing what all the fuss is about, do it. Really. Marilyn Manson, distiller of Mansynth, which just might be the best absinthe in the world. And just to make things even a little more weird, Manson wants to launch his own fragrance, a perfume or cologne or toilet water or something, which kind of makes you wonder what what, what does Manson smell like? And if the fragrance thing takes off, Manson wants to start a line of cosmetics And, you know, I I can see that because he's already one of MAC Cosmetics' best customers. A lot of performers like Manson and Robert Smith of the Cure prefer MAC because it holds up nicely under hot stage lights. But let's go back to alcohol for a second. Let's talk about Maynard James Keenan of Tool and A Perfect Circle and Pussifer. He owns a vineyard in Arizona. And Maynard comes by this honestly. His family still might make wines in northern Italy. He's not really sure, but he thinks they're still back there. He took some of the money he made in tulle and a perfect circle, and he invested it in a high-end wine operation. Maynard owns Merkin Vineyards, Merkin for the term that describes a wig that people used to wear in their pubic regions. That's, that's not a joke. That's, that's true. It's associated with caduceus cellars. Caduceus comes from the ancient symbol for commerce. Caduceus has the absolutely coolest website of any winemaker in the world. you got to check this out at www.caduceus.org and you spell that c-a-d-u-c-e-u-s.org. Now I've never had anything from Maynard's Vineyard, but the reviews I've read say that his Plonk is absolutely excellent, especially the 84 cab blend. It's supposed to be terrific. They invite wine lovers to the Tasting Center. It's in the Sedona area of Arizona. It's a place called Cornville. It's north of Phoenix and south of Flagstaff off I-17. Come in, have as much as you like, and then buy a couple of cases. Which, of course, gives a whole new meaning to this song, doesn't it? Tool featuring Maynard James Keenan, proprietor of Merkin Vineyards and Caduceus Cellars near Sedona, Arizona. One more moonlighting rock star in a second. This dude has a piece of a hotel, a real estate development, and a Canadian video game company, and a bunch more. Any guesses? Details coming up. Welcome back, I'm Alan Cross, and we're looking at the diversions serious rockstar money can finance. We looked at people with restaurants, lines of clothing, and brands of alcohol. But as high-end entrepreneurs, you gotta go a long way to beat Bono. Let's set aside everything associated with U2's music and all his political and humanitarian work. We'll even ignore the fact for now that he has a fair trade eco-friendly clothing company called Eden. We will begin with real estate. The first and most obvious real estate endeavor is the Clarence Hotel in Dublin. It was built in 1852 and turned into a luxury boutique hotel. In 1992, Bono, The Edge, and a Dublin businessman named Harry Crosby bought the place and they sunk millions of dollars into renovations. It reopened in 1996 as a five-star hotel. It is gorgeous with great views of the river and anyone can stay there, but it ain't cheap. Rooms start at just under 200 euros a night. That's about 300 bucks. But, you can get a suite for $700. Then there's the penthouse for $2,400. Plus taxes, of course. And there's more. Bono is part of a company called Elevation Partners. They're a venture capitalist company based out of San Francisco that has about $2 billion to invest in intellectual property, media companies, and entertainment companies. Right now, Elevation has a position in BioWare, an Edmonton company that creates video games. They did Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, and Mass Effect. Elevation also has a piece of Pandemic, another video game developer based in both L.A. and Australia. They've done some Star Wars games, too. And then there's the investment that they've got in Forbes Media, which includes Forbes Magazine. You know the magazine keeps track of how rich people are? Then there's the $325 million play into Palm Software and a subtitling service called SDI Media. It's not that. Bono's got a piece of all that. Nice little sideline while you're funding one of the world's biggest groups. U2 and Elevation, the song that gave its name to Bono's venture capitalist firm Elevation Partners in San Francisco. We've only just touched on the concept of moonlighting rock stars, let me give you a few more. Mike Durnt, bass player in Green Day. He's been known to try his thing as a stand-up comedian. He's performed at open mic nights at the Comedy Store on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And let's not forget Michael Stipe of R.E.M. He has two movie production companies. There's C-100, which is into alternative film. And then there's Single Cell Pictures, which is all about Hollywood-style films. Michael has been the exec producer of movies like Being John Malkovich, Man on the Moon, and Velvet Goldmine. If you have the cash, the business acumen, and the appropriate professional managerial advice, it's good to diversify. The music industry is a pretty volatile thing, so it's best to keep your options open, or at least to make as much money as you possibly can before your luck runs out. Technical Productions by Rob Johnston. Additional help from Natalia Ribeiro. See you next time. I'm Alan Cross. You've been listening to the Ongoing History of New Music podcast with Alan Cross. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts.